Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond the Bitcoin Show. Today is November the 9th. 2019 strong hand unconfiscatable bitcoin is next bitcoin personal responsibility is a new counterculture the fur of gratification conviction golden age relentless strive for greatness guys ambition we're going to talk about all of this today remember check out this week in bitcoin was yesterday David Bennett and Leo Weiss straight out of Hong Kong. We were we went beyond Bitcoin. We're talking about Hong Kong stuff. Come on, people, check it out. I bring you the best guest in the space, original stuff beyond Bitcoin, not just the usual stuff you're gonna hear. It makes you think this coming week for uh this week in Bitcoin. I'm gonna have someone uh a Venezuela person on a new Venezuela person, hopefully. If all goes well. So hello, my elite friends over there in the chat. If you got a question that's beyond Bitcoin or Bitcoin related, because this is the Beyond Bitcoin show, um, type in Bitcoin Meister or do a super chat. I will see it uh, pop up there. And uh, it's it's good to be here on a, a well, it's already Sunday where I am, but in, I'm in Adelaide, Australia. But hope everyone's having a good uh, Saturday night in the uh, cold United States. I think it's cold there. All right, it's nice here. Uh, let's talk. Let's start with Bernie Sanders. Uh oh, Bernie Sanders is throwing around some uh, some envy. I mean, that's not not a shock. His his fans are quite envious people. Right around the time, I believe on Friday or Thursday, I've, I'm the days are confused now uh, for me. But Michael Bloomberg announced he was entering the race uh, for the Democratic nomination for president of the United States. And Bernie Sanders tweets this out. The billionaire class is scared and they should be scared. And clearly it was in reaction to a billionaire by the name of Michael Bloomberg entering the the race for president that Bernie is, is also in. And I, I thought about that is such an envious type of uh, tweet. I mean, imagine if you picked another class of people or a race of people and substituted it with billionaire. Uh, the This minority is scared and they should be. I mean, it's a very threatening thing to say. But when you say it about billionaires, it, it's it's acceptable in today's world. It's, it's envy and no, you, why hate on billionaires? You try to be a billionaire. Try to improve your own life. Um, but when you when you conjure up these feelings, these not so nice feelings toward a minority group, this is how you get people behind your cause. And it's a sick way of getting people behind your cause. Scapegoating, scapegoating the billionaires. They should be scared. They are scared and they should be scared. It's it's terrible. Pound that like button, by the way, people. Uh, someone says, Bernie, give me free stuff. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's that's all. It's not just Bernie that's promising the free stuff. That's just what elections are about today in America. It's uh, the 80 percenters want something promised them, free stuff. 
Now, I, I will say something that's hilarious, you know, talking about Bernie Sanders and Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> and, and I'm sure some of the people out there already know something they have in common. And um, although they are, you know, Michael Bloomberg is a very productive person. Uh, Bernie Sanders is not productive. He hasn't done a, what's he produce? He, he just lives off the government. Uh, people elect him and then he lives off the government. But uh, Michael Bloomberg has created a, a lot. He's produced quite a bit. Now, um, a, unfortunately, a lot of Jewish people who are registered as Democrats, um, all they do is um, if a Jewish person's running, they'll just they'll just vote for this. They'll vote for the person because they're Jewish. And you know, black people do with black people, gay people do with gay people, and people think that's great. People, uh, Scott Adams was just saying the other day, oh, he thought he thinks that's great. It was nothing wrong with people just voting for people because not because of what they stand for, but because they're the same as them. It, it, it's a it's no that for me that's just so mindless. But a, a lot of Jewish people, and I'm Jewish, as, as as many of you know, even though Jewish people are supposed to be so smart, they do stupid things like they'll just vote for. There'll be an election and the Jewish guy, I'll just vote for the Jewish guy. So many of them were going to vote for Bernie because he's Jewish. But I'm sure there were plenty of Jewish Democrats who were like, oh, God, I'm going to have to vote for this guy because he's Jewish. and He's going to take all my money and he's, you know, I'm not a communist. And he's a communist. And I'm sure there were some Jewish people that were just like, oh, I really don't want to do this. And now they've got the other option. They're like, oh, Bloomberg. Oh, OK, fine. Oh, that's great. So this is going <laughs> to. And Jewish people do vote a lot. They do. They're a small minority. But in certain states, they're not a small of a minority. And they vote at a very high. They all vote. We all vote. <laughs> so and this this might take away some votes uh, from uh, Bernie Sanders among among Jewish people that that. It's, uh, I don't know if anyone's going to phrase it the way I just did it, but hey, this is the Beyond Bitcoin show. I live in the Bitcoin overlay. I can say whatever the heck I want. Pound that like button. But hey, <laughs> I mean, voting, is, it's overrated anyway. But uh, if you're actually thinking, uh, none of these people are good. All right. So yeah, a, a CNBC. So let's go back to uh, billionaire hatred. Here, uh, CNBC article, Jamie Dimon. Now, a lot of you hate Jamie Dimon uh, because he hates Bitcoin or he, he makes it like he hates Bitcoin. And so anything Jamie Dimon says, you're going to be like, oh, it's, it's horrible. But Jamie Dimon got rich. Jamie J Dimon is smart. He is a good businessman. Man, I, I'm not going to hate on the dude just because he's not into Bitcoin. Uh and so many people make such a big deal. They pedestal Jamie Dimon. When he says something about Bitcoin, everybody panics. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, he's a rich dude. So, okay, great. But I, I do like this. I do like – it shows you that some of these liberal type of people, these uh, wealthy liberals uh, – and I don't know if he's a liberal. I, I don't, I don't want to miss it. But uh, people that are involved in the financial system that try to say they're liberal – um, or, and try to like brag about voting for them. They're getting very uncomfortable about their Democrats now. Okay, they're getting very uncomfortable about it. Whether it be Bernie Sanders, but now the, the, and so this is why Bloomberg's running because he he knows like there's a bunch of lunatics running on the Democratic side. He's a lunatic in his own way with the he's with the sodas and all that stuff. He tries to micromanage people's lives, but in terms of economics, Bloomberg is not insane. He he is a conservative. I mean. He, 
I, well, I wouldn't put it that way, but he wouldn't go to that extreme, but he's not like Sanders and Warren and everyone who wants to take, take, take. And this might really appeal to a lot of people. But okay, getting to the point, what Diamond said before Bloomberg even ran, uh, Diamond says Elizabeth Warren vilifies successful people. Yes, she does vilify successful people. And it's good someone out there is speaking up that vilification of successful people is bad. Now, of course, Bernie just did it to an extreme. And so Diamond says she uses some pretty harsh words, you know, some words some would say vilify successful people, he said. I don't like vilifying anybody. Oh, he's vilified big people. I think we should applaud successful people. Good. You're on the right track there. We should apply to, apl applaud successful people, Jamie Dimon. We should applaud successful Bitcoin people also. Pound that like button. And that's what I do here. I do applaud. Uh, and then, oh, who else do we have? Who else do we have? Yes, someone says Bernie's Jewish. Yes, that was the whole point. Now, does Bernie practice Judaism? No, he's a self-hating Jewish person. He hates Judaism. He hates it. Um, he was born Jewish. He can't help it. He, I, I'm sure he wishes that uh, he wasn't a Jew, but he is a Jew. That, that you can't deny he's uh, he got a mother that's Jewish. And, and so is, I don't know how, if Bloomberg, how practicing he is of Judaism, but he doesn't hate Judaism to the, the level that someone like Bernie Sanders does, who's a communist who hates all religions, I I assume. Um, well, hate is a strong word for saying all religions. I know he hates Judaism, but um, all religions, I don't know. Communism, communism is the religion of the state, so that's his religion. Uh, so uh, and let's go to what Fox Business News says here. Bill Gates. Bill Gates brings up Elizabeth Warren because he's, he's getting a little worried here too. Uh, Bill Gates jabs Elizabeth Warren over beef with billionaires and wealth tax. Now, Bill Gates is kind of he, he's kind of a C-U-C-K. He could be harsher about this, but at least he's bringing it up. I mean, he's still trying to fit in here. I paid over $10 billion in taxes. I paid more than anyone in taxes, Gates said. If I'd had to have paid $20 billion in taxes, fine. No, dude, that isn't fine. But when you say I should pay $100 billion, okay, I'm starting to do a little math and what I have left about what I have left over. So, you know, saying that, the, the, you know, he, he'd be cool with paying $20 billion, that's, C, that's like a C-U-C-K there. That's, that's disgraceful. But I'm glad, nonetheless, that Gates, Bloomberg, Diamond, they are all speaking up in their own ways against hatred and jealousy toward billionaires. And uh, perhaps it will encourage people to be more productive instead of crying, compete, don't complain. Uh, and that these that Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, they're not going to solve your problems for you. They are just conjuring up hate because they know picking on a minority, pick scapegoating, that's how you uh, that's how you get support. And it, it's disgraceful with Bernie Sanders with his ethnic heritage that he does scapegoat like that. It makes it even worse um, because he, he, <laughs> in the end of the day, yeah, he, he, his ancestors were scapegoated plenty, but he, he's turned his back on them. He's turned his back totally on them. Now, moving on, let's talk about air. You know, people enjoyed the Airbnb tips that I, I gave re recently. I'm going to give you some more Airbnb tips because I, I that's all I do. I stay at one Airbnb over uh, 
just from one to another, one to another. Now, and, and this is for people who just want to travel and see different countries, but not do it that expensively. All right. Instead of you stay in, in you want to go to a country, okay? A, 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 a brand a, like Australia. Like I've always wanted to go to Australia. Instead, if you don't have that much money, instead of going to Sydney, you go to a second or a third tier type of city. There's, in, there's, it's cheaper to stay. The Airbnbs in third and second tier cities in major, awesome Western countries where you can live it up, baby, where you can live very comfortably and, and be very safe, much safer than the United States of America uh, in, in terms of walking around a pretty big city. Like, let, let's talk about a second or third tier city in the United States. It's like Baltimore. because <laughs> That's not too safe. Um, but there are some safe ones. But you, you save going on with, in these Airbnb second and third tier cities and because there's less regulation, um, less taxes, uh, and, and thus it's cheaper, uh, less tourist, so they don't get as many people staying at their Airbnb, so they have to lower the prices. Uh, and, and this is this is kind of targeting some of the young people out there that I've advised just – you don't, you're not going on vacation. You're living in a different city. So you want to live in a, in a different city for two months, in a different country for two months. A, a great way to save money is picking a second or third tier city. Uh, another tip is, and this is not if you're spending six, you know, two months in a city or three months in, in a place trying to live somewhere. It, you get discounts. Instead of say staying six days, stay a week. There are weekly discounts all the time on Airbnb. Instead of saying 27 days, stay 28 days. It is often that's a month. It's often cheaper to stay a month than than stay 27 days. To stay an extra day, it's cheaper than staying 27 days. So that's always look for those monthly and weekly discounts when you're going uh, using Airbnb. And in like LA, that is a major American city, all right. And I was talking about regulation. They have all these extra taxes at, when you're staying in Airbnb. So if you stay instead of staying going to LA, you stay in Boise. You, it's incredible amount of money saved because they don't have extra taxes. So I even wrote down something here. I stayed at in, when I went to South Korea. I stayed at Busan, which is the second largest city in South Korea. It was awesome. And I traveled up to Seoul for one day. And that's a, that's another story. A great guy here who loves uh, who loves this channel, a great Bitcoiner, actually, who I met up with there He arranged, in Seoul. He arranged for me to go to Seoul and stay there for one night at a hotel. He's an awesome dude. He's watching right now. Pound that like button, dude. Um, but Busan, I stayed there for through Airbnb. That was cheap, cheaper than staying in Seoul. And it was actually warmer than Seoul, too, that time of year, December. I'm not a winter traveler usually. Uh, I don't go to cold places usually during winter. Um, and, and Seoul is just better. I mean, Busan is better weather than Seoul in, in the winter, especially. Uh, Adelaide over Sydney. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm just, Adelaide is, is cheaper than Sydney. Much cheaper than Sydney, but it's beautiful. Darwin instead of uh, Melbourne. I, I, I did that. I stayed in Darwin once. Now, of course, I've been to Melbourne and Sydney also, um, but I'm just saying for the, the newbies out there who want to save some money, Boise and Spokane and Tucson instead of Los Angeles, Seattle, and San Francisco. 
I, I love Boise, Sp Spokane, and Tucson. They're all great. I'm going back to Tucson very soon. Pound that like button. And, and, okay, so you get the point. Edmonton and Quebec City instead of Vancouver and Montreal. I, I've, done, I've never been to Montreal, but I've been to Quebec City. I've been to Edmonton. I've also been to Vancouver. Though. All right, pound that like button. So uh, I, I, I went to synagogue yesterday, a very small synagogue here in Adelaide. There are not many uh, Jewish people here at all. Um, or ones, at least ones that go to uh, synagogue. Uh, by the way, people have questions. Again, you type in Bitcoin Meister. I see people writing all sorts of stuff in there. I'm not. I can't read all sorts of stuff without you seeing Bitcoin Meister doing a super chat. But uh, when I'm when I'm leaving uh, synagogue yesterday, I'm walking up the street and I see a mulberry tree. I'm like, holy! This is awesome. A mulberry tree. It's time for me to get some free food here in uh, Adelaide. And uh, sure enough, I, I picked them all. <laughs> I didn't eat them yesterday because yesterday was a sprint day. And I, I on my sprint days, I didn't, I only, I very, I like had, I had one little orange. That was my only major, uh, you know, uh, what was it? fructose. The only thing that had fructose in it. I also had avocado um, and uh, a little bit of olives. And onions. I had onion, which has a little bit of fructose in it too, actually. But so this reminded me. So I grew up in Baltimore. Everyone knows that. As a child in my backyard, these grew. These grew. I would – but it wasn't in November because our spring, summer was in May and June. So it was always late May. And it got earlier over the years. It did change a little bit. Um, but I, I would have purple hands, purple feet. I would run in the backyard. Uh, this is before you had to worry about Lyme disease and stuff and just <laughs> and ticks. The world was a different place. Or maybe they were there, but you just didn't worry about it then. Um, and so I, I I would eat these so much. And then when I moved, when I lived in Baltimore City as, as an adult, um, they grew in my alley in, in the you know, and I lived in Reservoir Hill, which was a rough place. You know, we that, that's a whole story onto itself. Um but no one would pick the berries in the alley and people would come up to me and they would be like, aren't those poisonous? And then some people were like, you're going to make wine out of that. Aren't you going to make wine out of that? That's the kind of questions you get in Baltimore city. Like you've got all free food right there. They couldn't eat because people are supposedly starving in Baltimore city. You can buy, you can eat the free food. Just this is what you can pick in the alleys of Reservoir Hill. But people, no one picked it. They just said, oh, are you, oh you're going to make it into the wine or isn't it poisonous? Now, when I was picking these here in Adelaide, just to show you the difference, other people saw me picking. They started picking too. They started picking too. And then the other story I want to tell about uh, mulberries, and these are so good for you. Now, sometimes, by the way, you got to wash them, but even – and if you don't wash them, you can – they – I think a lot of us aren't used to eating food off the of trees anymore. And they can give you, they can mess things up in your stomach. Every once in a while, that would happen to me. Like once a year, picking them as an adult in Baltimore City, I would have to go to the bathroom like viciously, uh, like <laughs> later that day. That's rare. That's rare. Because birds defecate on them, maybe you'll get something. Things happen. It's the wild. It doesn't hurt. But so I, I'm just so fascinated. People are just laughing at me now because I can get these in November. Because it's spring here, and it's just so weird to be able to pick these in November. But some of you – I, I mentioned this before. When I was in Windhoek, Namibia, in 2016, 
which is a poor country, no doubt about it, a poor country. You don't think you can't get free food here. People are starving. I found mulberry trees there in the middle of Windhoek, and they they weren't they they weren't like plentiful like this. But I I got free food in Windhoek, Namibia. I mean that is how good I am. That is how uh, you know that, that's why I'm wealthy, man. <laughs> you gotta be able to come. I I, I got free food in Windhoek of all places, and this is what I got when I was there. So um, no shame in picking from trees. Um, a lot of people. And I just said, yes, sometimes your stomach can get messed up. It didn't get messed up in Namibia for me, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I think in this world, people just like, Ooh, trees, it must be poisonous. No, we've, nature provides, dude. Nature provides. You just don't have, you don't have to be go to like a restaurant in Namibia or, or, or wherever. You can pick your own food in some of these places and in Western countries. Now, Namibia is not a Western country. But in all the Western countries, I mean, you can dumpster dive and get like plenty of great free food too. Pound that like button. All right. He who has – he – he. let me read this from – I can't even read what that says from the way I'm looking at it. Sorry, dude. He, he who has ears to hear says, Bitcoin Meister, what do you have to say about the quantum computing being built by Google that is capable of breaking – I have talked about this before. It's total fun. It hasn't happened. I, had, I said, watch this Andreas video that proves it wrong. It's complete. It's a complete waste of your time and nonsense. They haven't invented it yet. And it's just, again, you have brought up you, – you get into these fun things. Again, you, you, you believe like Cliff High and stuff. You're ridiculous on that level. You're a good guy, but, I mean, you're like – it's a total waste of time stuff. And people have been mentioning up the people mentioning these same things since I, I got into this in 2013. It's a complete waste of your time. All right, Lele said, um, and you and Lele can be a troll sometimes, so I'm gonna be careful with what he what he, he what he says here. Hang on. He says, Is it Jew who likes to eat mulberry blue, which causes him to poo-poo and do do? Very funny. All right, good, very good. <laughs> You're rhyming with uh, childish words in, in Jew. Very good. Um, let's, uh, let, <laughs> you do what you want to do. Dude. All right. So, uh, anyway, we did the Airbnb. We did the Windhoek story and I don't want it to be Thanksgiving yet. Thanksgiving is in two and a half weeks. I'm loving Australia so much. I don't want to go back to Baltimore. I want to see my family, but I don't want I, I love it here, man. This is great. I love Australia. So Australians, you've been great. By the way, today I met in person Bitcoin to the moon. You've seen me wear his shirts before. He's got a Twitter. You've seen him tweet. I met him in person just a, a few hours ago. So um, he's a great, very great guy. Bitcoin to the moon. Great to uh, great to meet you today. And by the way, I have more show and tell here, guys. After I and I'm gonna pound, I'm gonna pound these down today. I can't wait because again, yesterday was a sprint day. I had like one little orange, so I love to have my fruit. I'm gonna give you a fruit tip, people. I'm gonna give you a health tip in a second here. Um, oh yeah, here it is. <laughs> eat, eat an onion raw. I love to eat raw onions. Okay, so when I eat a when I eat a raw onion, I treat it as a I treat it as a. a a hand fruit. I just eat it like this. And sometimes I'll rip it up. But I, I, I'm just used to eating them raw. Okay. I love what they do. And what they what they help do, seriously, if you eat them raw, all right, and you're trying to cut down on sugar and stuff and, and for some reason. You know, there are various people to, on various diets. Eating fruit is great. 
Um, it is good. Eating fruit can be pretty good, but some people can't eat a lot of it for various reasons. If, you're, if you eat all fruit, if you're a fruitarian, you're going to gain weight. You're going to gain weight, all right, um, because it does have sugar and it is carbs and everything, and you just keep eating more and more of it. You, you mix in an onion. You, start, you, you don't crave fruit as much during your meal. Also, it really makes um, – for all you people that eat fat and protein and, and animals, I love uh, chicken and, and, and um other fish, but especially chicken. If you're stuck, if you have, I don't like chicken breast usually or turkey breast, but sometimes you accidentally have some, this, it makes you eat. It, it helps. It makes the taste so much better of the animal. It, it really, for me, it enhances um, meat. It really enhances meat. So I love onions. Um, and having one a day is very good for you. There's, there's, there's some beneficial uh, aspects of them too. Um, so, uh, uh, just, just purely alone, they have many, uh, but I, I'm giving you tips on like, it'll cut down on your fruit intake if you need to do that. And it makes the meat taste better. I love onions. Pound that like button for the onion. All right. Lele. Okay. Yeah. I read that already. Uh, yeah. Now I don't assume you believe everything that Cliff High, High says, but dude, you believe too much of what he says, but most of what he says is total BS, dude. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope you don't watch every one of these shows. No. Um, okay. It's it's really w watching a minute of Clip Eye, and I, I don't usually even say his name. I just call him uh, Bowie Bot. Is such a waste of your time. It's such a waste of anyone's time. Again, he said aliens were going to land in Israel in 2010, and everyone forgets that. But then they're like, oh, he got Bitcoin once, a, uh, right? A couple times. He's a genius. Like, again, everybody wants like this guru. Everyone wants a magical guru. There are no magical gurus. And if someone tries to make themselves up, up to be a magical guru, they're usually full of, you know what? Um, they're full of the stuff that comes out of my backside when I eat poisonous uh, versions of this. All right. Now, uh, let's talk about egalitarianism versus inflation. Uh Yaron Brook recommended this article called Egalitarianism and Inflation by Ayn Rand. So I try to find it. I can't find it online. I want to read this article. He says it's a good thing she wrote in like 1974. I want to read it. And lo and behold, I find a video that a dude is reading it on. So I'm like, oh, I'll just play the 2X. I'll just get all this in there real quick. Now, I link to this dude's two videos. This guy, I guess he has his own he has his own podcast and he puts it on YouTube sometimes. And it's, I was the first person to watch both of these videos, and it, they've been up there for over a year. So, and this is quality stuff. I mean, people would rather you know hear about uh, they they'd rather hear about uh, Cliff High than read uh, you know a, 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 have a true genius like Ayn Rand have something learned from Ayn Rand. But I will say this now. This guy, I, I linked to the videos, and I, I found the the articles were the articles were pretty good. But he says, you know, in this article, Ayn Rand says that inflation is going to ruin the United States of America. Inflation is bringing, and she's she predicts doom, and he critiques her because he says that Ayn Rand says, you know, man, man is positive, man can produce so much, man can. We're on a positive track. 
But she got into a doom and gloom. She even caught the doom and gloom thing. And he says she people have been saying this since 1974, and she was wrong. It didn't happen. The United States was not brought down by inflation at all. And he gives some reasons why. So I thought his critique was very good because it it uh, it really hits on some of the things that I say that doom and gloom in the long run, it doesn't work at all. That people find a way, man finds a way. The 80 percenters don't understand the economic system. that, uh, And so they do foolish things that keeps it going and going and going. I mean, she she talks in the essay about how <laughs> just she really rips on people for not understanding what inflation is and that they really need to understand what inflation is. No, they don't. <laughs> and that's how the system continues and continues. Now, egalitarianism, yeah, it is it is silly. She rips on that. But hey, if people want to people want to be in that room, she talks about how Chile in, in the 70s was brought down by people not understanding how, by communism, basically, by socialism. And she's correct by that. She's but what she didn't say, but she didn't know it yet. Uh Chile, they learned their lesson. They made it uh, not communist. They made it producing cool again. And Chile did well. And now we're in a situation where they're so spoiled over there, they completely forgot about how it was pre-1974. Okay, that's another story. But yeah, so listen to those uh, or watch those videos. They're just listening videos. You see nothing. And at, at the end of both once he critiques and I ran and, and does it very well, does it very well. And the, the essays themselves are pretty good. Please play them at 2x because they are long and it, it is not worth your while to not uh, to, to listen to them at 1x. It's not worth it. No, it takes up too much time. Something about that I, that I find very interesting about Adelaide and it's just not known very well. Um, I, I don't think it's known throughout the world. We, the Uyghurs who are being prosecuted now in uh, persecuted in, <laughs> in China – they're uh, they're Muslims. They're Chinese Muslims, basically. Okay, and in the United States, I never seen a Chinese Muslim before. And you could tell a Chinese Muslim because it's a Chinese-looking person with a burqa on, and they look a little different. They, they, they I mean, they're they're mixed with Turkmenistan people, all, all sorts of stuff. Okay, but I've really never seen them before. But here in Adelaide, there are, I keep stumbling upon. Um, Uyghur restaurants. Now, of course, I don't go to any restaurants at all, and I would not go to a Chinese restaurant. I just don't go to restaurants. But it is a they're Uyghur restaurants, Uyghur cuisine. There, I see Uyghurs walking on the street, Chinese women with burqas on, and it's it's fascinating. And here's a quote: Throughout Australia, there are around three thousand Uyghurs, with the majority of the community settled in South Australia, which is where I am. Right now. So that's I find that fascinating. You're learning all the time. So th there you go. For those who want the cultural experience of going to the major city in Australia, Sydney, which is a beautiful city. I, I, I loved it. You get culture. You get culture here, baby. You see the Uyghurs walking around and the Uyghurs are in the news. And it's yeah, it's it's amazing. And I, I, I had a little I thought to myself, you know, since Uyghurs are Muslim, they don't eat pigs. And so I assume the Uyghur cuisine has no pig in it, which uh, would make it great for, you know, Jewish people love Chinese food for some reason. It, 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 
they're not keep obviously Jewish people who don't keep kosher love Chinese food. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous stereotype, and so many of them play into it. On on Christmas, they nothing's open supposedly, even though everything's open in the United States now. And Jewish people have to get their uh, these secular Jewish people they have to get their uh, their Chinese food on Christmas. It's such a ridiculous, disgusting tradition that is. Mean it, it, because it's, it's poisonous. The, the Chinese food in America, oh, it's, it's it's the way they cook it. It's horrible. It's horrible. And then they got to eat a pig, a fried pig on on Christmas. Like, what are you doing, dude? Just work on Christmas. It's just a regular day. Why you can everything's open in Christmas in America. Basically, you you're not starving. Okay, you can go to a rest. You can make yourself food. It's it's so good. Oh, Americans are so spoiled of all all religions. But I thought to myself, you know. If, if Jewish people really want to have Chinese food, they why not they eat the Uyghur cuisine? It's probably you can get a, you can get it uh, approved as kosher. I assume if there's no pig in it and they cook everything else the right way, um, you could get a rabbi to give them the stamp of approval. I in theory now there might be something I'm missing out on here, but if usually halal, if it's halal, um, you just have to take a few more steps and it'll be kosher. Okay, pound that like button for all. People, yeah, you. This is definitely the Beyond Bitcoin show. We're talking about pigs and and berries and and Uyghur and this. And, uh, uh, Zach Bandera said, "I replaced all my cleaning products with food grade hydrogen peroxide." Good. Not many people talk about cleaning products when talking about health. I do, Zach. Pound that like button. I only wash my. I only have baking soda. I don't use any. I don't use any chemicals to wash my plates to do. And when I'm in an Airbnb, all I do is I just use the same utensils over and over again. So I don't have to even wash that much stuff. Okay. I use one plate, one fork, one spoon, one knife over and over. I don't get into the other stuff because it, you, you're efficient that way. You're, you're, that's all I need. That's all I need. I'm a, I'm a single guy. I wash it over and over again with water, cold, hot water. That's it. It's clean. Dude, I, I'm so happy you brought – I brought that up on other shows before that I think a lot of re- – People are just exposed to so many chemicals in so many ways with these soaps and these, um, you know, disinfectants, and that they're always disinfecting their hands, and to a point where they're not even getting good bacteria in their body anymore. And, and, and there's theories about that. That's why some kids have uh, peanut allergies now. <laughs> it's all it's all related, not, or allergies beyond peanuts. Like there are kids are allergic to everything these days. Because they're not exposed to anything anymore, they don't go picking berries, they don't go running outside, and their co- their moms are constantly uh, putting that clear stuff on their hands, disinfecting their hands. They, they're getting nothing in their body, so they their bodies just react to everything because they have they have no uh, react very bad ways because they don't have any kind of bacteria in them anymore. I know that's a little bit of an exaggeration. All right, um, Ayn Rand also was a. Uh, born Jewish. And we're talking a lot about a lot of Jewish people today. And, but she did not like religion at all. She did not like religion at all, but she did, uh, she did understand very well that Israel was in the right. (laughs) There's no no doubt about that. Um, that you can watch some of the stuff she said. All right. Now, um, and she said it quite a harsh way that Israel was right. And the Arabs were quite wrong. Now, uh, moving on. Mm. What else do we have here? Oh, blue pill and red pill. Uh, I, I forgot who said this. Some some content producer pointed out that you know it is a choice. It's a choice to take the blue pill too. Okay, to stick with the easy way, the fitting in. 
um, because they fear a different. It, 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 that, that's why you take the blue pill. You you want to fit in. You you don't want anything different. You love being comfortable, even if you're unhappy. So the blue pill is it is a choice. Don't um, I. I do often say that you know collectivism is the default, and, and, and on a certain level it is. But you are making a choice. You are making a choice. You can see, at least there's certain people that know that there is a different way. There is a different way out there. There is a red pill out there. For those who know that the red pill exists, you are you are making a choice, sticking with that blue pill, sticking with uh, just I'm gonna have my McMansion. I'm gonna you know buy a SUV. I'm going to value my wealth in dollars. I'm going to go into debt. I got to stay in the best school district possible to buy. You know, it is blue. So the, the video, which I now forgot whose it was, the blue pill is a choice. It is a choice. It's it's just a, a a mind exercise to do out there. It you know to think about it. You know how these eighty percenters are, are are thinking, and some twenty percenters, plenty of twenty percenters are are blue pill type of people also, where they don't. They, they have to stick with the traditional way of life. They're, they're producing. They're 20 percenters in the sense they produce a lot. They're smart. They produce. But uh, they, they got to fit in. And they are really presenting themselves in a non-thoughtful way. All right. Unthoughtful. Whatever. Uh, how many days are left in this decade, dudes? We have so few days left in the decade. It's uh, if Today's... Uh, November 9th, you got what? Uh, 21 days, 21 plus 31. There's uh, 52 days left in the decade, man. Wow. Wow. What a day it's been. I am just pumped about the 2020s. Uh, our, our lives have changed so much since 2010. And so now just imagine what it's going to be like from 2020 to 2030. But we're getting closer, dude. So it's it's great to be. I, I'm very positive about it. Very po- now. I'm not gonna. I don't do the New Year's Eve drinking. My. I think it's ridiculous. I, it's fun on a certain level. It can be fun, but uh, if you don't need to like fit in and and drink yourself uh, to oblivion and, and think you're gonna meet a lot of women that night, and I actually have met women on New Year's night in my partying days, but it's not a guarantee. Trust me. Um, yeah. It. I'm, I'm, I'm very, these last few new years, I'm so low key. I'm so low key. So I'll be in uh, Tucson. I, I will not be partying as far as I know. I hope not. <laughs> All right. But yeah, we're about to enter that. We're only a few days away, uh, but don't rush it. Let's not rush it into 2020. Let's savor every day of this decade that we have left because it's great to be alive. Every day is a great day. Nick Carter and we, we got something from Roman Q. I'll get to you in a second, Roman. Nick Carter, a great Bitcoiner, has a tweet. This is write down things that seem obvious to you. Someone out there will find it useful slash edifying. Pound that like button, dude. That that sounds very basic. That is a good idea, that, though. I do that sometimes. Write down things that seem ob- obvious to you. Someone out there will find it useful slash edifying so some so for this show sometimes i'll write down like an obvious idea you know about onions that onions are healthy yeah that's obvious but someone someone finds that useful so it's good it's a good exercise to get into writing down things that seem obvious because not everything is obvious and some people need reminders that like obvious things are things that you should not forget and the basic playing outside it's fun it's it's obvious but everyone's forgotten about it Hey, Roman Q said, Bitcoin Meister, it's awesome that you were talking about what is happening in China. 
Hong Kong, and now the Uyghurs. Many in the West aren't aware of what is happening outside of the presidential elections. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Guys, yeah, check out the links below um, where, again, I've got a guy in freaking Hong Kong telling you what is going on on the streets of Hong Kong. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's Leo, Leo Weiss, Leo Weiss, Leo Weiss. It's not Weiss, it's Weiss. So, uh, yeah, everybody, please check out the This Week in Bitcoin shows. They were split into two. So, like, the, the first part was like a Beyond Bitcoin show because he only talked about Hong Kong. All right. All right. Let's go to – so we talked about Nick Carter. Oh, yeah, this show is long, isn't it? Yeah. I don't, I don't – I wish they'd be shorter. I wish I could keep them shorter. But, uh, hey, that's life. Okay, so let's talk about this Kamala Harris idea. This Kamala Harris idea. Uh, this is from Matt Walsh, who really, okay, I, I wouldn't phrase it the way he does, but okay. It won't get much attention, but Kamala Harris's plan to enact a 10-hour school day, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., is both disturbing and revealing. Democrats are trying to replace the family with the state. Now, that's, I wouldn't say it that. I don't think all Democrats are trying to replace the family with the state. She is. That's that's why they keep uh, extending the amount of times kids spend in school. Well, that's not the only reason they do it because it benefits the freaking teachers' unions. They'll have they'll be working longer. They'll get more of a salary. Working longer. They'll be getting more of a salary. But it is disturbing that people want to drop off their kids. People are down with this too, that she can bring this up. And this is supported by people beyond this. Again, the, 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 the teachers union supports it because it's just more money for them. It's a way to that. This part of the reason she's suggesting it is, and part of the reason that Democrats are, would be behind it is because it benefits the teachers union. So, and the teachers unions support them. And so it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle of money. But some people are trying to say, oh, we want to do it because we want to educate the kids. I'm, I'm sure there are a few naive people that think kids are going to get a better education if they're sitting there in a public school from 8 to 6 p.m. Well, no, they're getting – it's the brainwashing. It's more bullying. It's more the viciousness of the whole public school system. But, uh, yeah, and, and it is – there are many people who, yeah, they don't have families anymore. They don't have fathers anymore. So, yeah, this is a good replacement. School is your daddy now. School is going to be your daddy. Oh, it is. I don't know how anyone can send their kids to public schools anymore. And so many people are like, well, I'm sending my kid to, you know, Howard County schools in, in, in the state of Maryland. There's the best public schools in the United States. And they might be. They might be. But still, oh, God, come on, man. Can't you spend? I'm paying such high taxes. I have to spend in the, I have to send them to public schools. Bam. That's the welfare dollar right there. And that's why the dollar isn't going anywhere, people. <laughs> there, there's a reason right there. I'm paying so many high. So, so my property tax is so high. I got to send them to these public schools. Dollar isn't going anywhere. All right. So, um, but it is, it is interesting. This is Kamala is bringing this up, but she's desperate also. This is a, to get attention, but this is something that gets attention. People could, can get behind this. Oh, imagine, hmm. imagine her as president. Yeah, she could be president. Does it, again, that's why you cannot put, you cannot put these presidents on on pedestals when they have this is their this is their these are their ideas. Ten hour school day. Oh my lord! Imagine that uh, with government curriculum. That's just, school is your daddy. 
and, and Kamala is your mommy. All right. I'll, I'll, okay, now I'm leaving this, this, this. I keep, there's something I keep leaving out and I just keep, I'll talk about it next time. Uh, we'll talk about that one next time. There's no need to do that. It's linked to below anyway. You're going to stumble upon that. Uh, while we're on, oh no, I'm going to leave that one out too. I'm leaving that out. Uh, the tour de Meester stuff. I mean, you can see what I, it'll be next time, guys. Spirit Airlines. I want to say this real quick. Spirit Airlines is a, a cheap airline in the United States, and it. I've told stories about how people almost rioted. Uh, I saw people go absolutely berserk when they found out they were going to have to pay so much for their suitcase because they did not register their suitcase originally. It's what you have to pay as you go airline, everything you pay for. Now, if you are a grown man and you're going on a very short trip, maybe it's just one day or two days. All right. Here's a tip for you. All right. You, you don't even need to have a you save all, you don't pay a, day, a thing other than the really cheap spirit price because you have to pay for check-ins too but there's a little minimum you can have you can have like a laptop so you got your laptop with you and then you wear a jacket all right and you stuff if you need extra clothes extra underwear whatever extra you use and if you've got to be a skinny guy you got to be in shape you can't be fat you can't pull this off if you're fat um you, you wear your jacket you stuff your stuff into it and then you're good. You're good for a day. Or, and, and, and this is for a person who just wants to go on an adventure trip too. But sometimes the, the fares are so cheap, and you can go on a you you can go on an adventure trip. Just no no suitcase at all, or maybe a little teeny one that, that, that that's that's you know I don't want to get into all their little regulations. Then of course when you're on the when you're on the plane, you don't buy their food. You see all these kids and women buying food. It's sober and grown men buying. It's ridiculous. You can't go one and a half hours from Baltimore to Chicago without food. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Or did Baltimore to Houston? I, I use spirit when I went to the Chicago Bitcoin conference in, in 2015. Uh, I, I use spirit. I, when I, when I traveled around North Dakota, Minnesota and South Dakota, I, 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 I use spirit to go to, uh, to, to, to Minnesota, to Minneapolis. When I travel around Texas, I flew into Houston. They, they were so cheap, and I did it for the you know so cheap too. I mean, very little suitcases. Um, you you can do it where you just you're living out out of a rental car if you need to. If you're going on one of these tours, I mean, this is when people say they can't travel. I'm giving you ideas right now. You do it on Spirit. You stuff your clothes into a jacket. You you live in in the rental car that you're driving dri driving around in. Uh, there, there, there's your cheap uh, trip of the idea of the day. But again, if you're trying to with spirit, be careful. If you're not trying to be real cheap, um, they're going to get you. They are going to get you. You're going to have to pay. You're if you're buying a spirit ticket over a Southwest ticket because you think it's cheaper, it might not be cheaper. It might not be cheaper if you have a suit because on Southwest. Your, all, all your luggage is free. All your luggage is free. On Spirit, none of your luggage is free. Or just a little teeny bit of it is free. So um, <laughs> also, when they had WOW Airlines before it went out of business and I took it to Iceland, uh, I wore a heavy coat that I saw this st stuff stuffed into, I remember. <laughs> it was you need a heavy coat. And it was, in, I was, it was late October and Iceland can be cold then. And it was a little, it was a little cold. The, it, Iceland, the weather is so wacky from one day to another, especially in a month like October. Because there were, they were like a couple good days I got where it was like, like fall, but then it was, 
you needed the winter coat at, at night. Uh, ice, and, but there was it was cheaper in Iceland. It is so much cheaper not to go to go there when it's not the summer or the spring because no people are scared to go there during the fall because it, it could snow. But it's a way to save money going to Iceland. There's another uh, tip for you there. I'm giving you travel. I'm giving you everything. Oh God. Oh my Lord. I didn't. I forgot. I had this one to talk about. We got two more things. Bear with me, people. One of them is a bar mitzvah story. Serena Williams, this guy's talking about here. Uh, Z Lurie on having Serena Williams on the Survey Monkey board. Okay, Survey Monkey is a company in the United States. He is trying to virtue signal bragging to everyone that he's got Serena Williams on his board. Okay, but th the way he says it is unbelievable. If you have five white men on your board, get to work. This is not the board you should be proud to show all your employees. It is the ultimate reflection of you, the CEO, of your ability to recruit. <laughs> now, your, your board of directors is supposed to guide your company. It's Is this supposed to be something that you're supposed to show off to your uh, employees that, oh, I, I'm diversified on my board of – now, Serena Williams might be a great member of the board of directors. I, does she have real business experience? I don't know, dudes. Uh, I'm, I'm going with – I want a board of directors that have the smartest people that are going to be able to make great business decisions, business advice, okay? It isn't the same as – I know it's not the same as a CEO, CEO CIO, CTO. It's, it's an advisory board on a certain level, okay? Um, but you still need smart people. You need people with real business experience and to, 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 to like put some token people on there to brag to, to the world that you're diversified. It's, it's the world we live in today. This, this, uh, no meritocracy anymore. Uh, it's not about production. It's about, uh, virtue signaling. Uh, so I, I disagree with this guy. Uh, I'm not going to rip on Serena Williams or anything like that. Uh, but he's – this this the way people run companies now? Just <laughs> – I I get – I'm down. But people praise this. But then people rip on Jeff Bezos because his inner circle of geniuses is 100% white. And his, co and his company is a, a lot more successful than SurveyMonkey. Pound that – like button. All right. Roman Q said, do you have any plans in 2020 to travel to a country that you haven't been to before? I'm trying to, I'm thinking about it, dude. I'm thinking about it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to come up with some ideas with that. I, I would like to, I would like to go, to, but I really, what, what was I thinking of the other day? I, I keep thinking, I keep all these repeat countries keep on. Uh, yeah. Well, there's at Greece. I'd like to go to um, the second, what's the second largest city in Greece called? I want to go there. Uh, Theo, Theo, I can't even pronounce it. Not Athens, but uh, that one. Theo, whatever it's called. Tessasapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapap
a voucher and I, I pulled up the ultimate Meister. Instead of going to a restaurant in St. Louis's horrible airport, I got a bag of uh, healthy almonds and I did not eat them till the next day. I, I you know, I, it's <laughs> deferral gratification. I made, because most people, when you get that a voucher for food, they go to the, the horrible restaurants in these horrible places. But because most airline, airplane, air, it, it's all poisonous when you're eating at airline. I mean, some of them look real nice, but I got pure, beautiful almonds, nothing on them. I ate them the next day when I was in um, traveling from Vegas to Los Angeles. And that's a, that's a story upon itself. Uh, but yeah, spirit can be unreliable. But short, Frontier can be unreliable too, dude. Uh, and Frontier does not fly everywhere that uh, spirit does. Uh, you can have bad experiences with spirit though. I, I, they gave me, I had a delay with them recently. I think I, I it's all getting a uh, bashed up in my mind and Roman Q spelled it out there. Thessalonic. I can't pronounce it. I'm so sorry, people. All right, let's end it with the bar mitzvah story. So on this very day in, um, a while <laughs> in my youth, in my youth, um, let me make sure everyone can see this. Let me go to the, uh, let me go to where I can see myself here. All right. So what is this? What is this? This is a talus bag. In here is my talus. And Jewish people, it's a prayer shawl. So yeah, you, you do it like that. So uh, um, it was before my bar mitzvah. My father gave me this. He It was, to, it was today. It was on, I know it was on November the 9th. Um, he got, he got a new one that year too, because it was bar mitzvah and he, he need, he need a new one, but this one, I, I love it. Even though it is, it's a smaller one and everything. So this is what it looks like. And so this is the day I got it. This is the day he gave it to me. And this is this will be the one. Some guys when they get married, they get a new one or whatever. This this will be mine. This um, for I hope forever. And so I, this was the day I got it. This so I think I think I knew I knew it was November. We went. Um, he took me to synagogue. It was uh, you know it wasn't a, it was just just to show me what it was like to go to the synagogue. Uh, and it was, it was, mm, it's hard to talk about sometimes. It was this day. It was, I remember it was November 9th. So this is what I got this day a, a long time ago. And I still have it. And uh, yeah. So in, in my, what's, what else is in here though? So something that my dad would always do is he, he would like, uh, you, just, you get, when you're in synagogue, sometimes they give you like uh, the, uh, brochures, the, uh, you know, what's going on that week? And he'd always stuff his, his would get so big. So I do the same thing too. I still have, you know, this is one from when I was in Sydney, I got this one. And you, then you're at a bar mitzvah and they'll give you, uh, they'll give you yarmulkes. So you, you put the yarmulkes that you get from different bar mitzvahs and different weddings in there. So mine is just like my, my dad's, he did that. He did, so I, that's a little tradition of mine. I like to, uh, Keep uh, things like so I, I've got things in here from 2010, 2009, 2007. 
Uh, and these, this is from weddings in what, 2008. This is a, a some, one of my siblings, uh, uh, a wedding and uh, cousins stuff and stuff in here. So anyway, this is, uh, I wanted to leave you with that and show you guys what, uh, what mine, what mine looks like. And uh, I know I didn't, my father, we still have my father's and uh, I, I, I'm going to wear, I wear that one once a year uh, for Young Kipper actually, for the, the last service of Young Kipper. My father had a saying, uh, and it was that if you're, if you, if you're, it's, it's hard to talk about this stuff still. It's a, um, if you're around for the, uh, if you could hear the chauffeur, if you hear the chauffeur at the end of Yom Kippur, then you know you're going to hear it the next year. You know you're going to be around again. If you can make sure you hear it um, at, at the last chauffeur of Yom Kippur, that's a good sign. You're going to be around the next year to say it again, hear it again. So um, for in honor of my father, I wear his tallis one the one time. It's, it's packed away otherwise. Um, but I wear that for that one last service uh, because that was his big saying. And unfortunately, you know, um, in 2000 and uh, in 2017, my father didn't hear it. And then he wasn't, he wasn't around. Um, no, it was, excuse me, it was 2018. My father didn't um, hear the chauffeur. And he, he wasn't around for 2019. He wasn't around for the one we just had. So this year I, I did wear his tallest when he wasn't around. So this is what it looks like. That's your little bit of uh, Meister uh, history or whatever you want to call it. And uh, little tradition, what we do or what I do. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that he got me this. And, uh, I do appreciate it. And it's it's great. And, you know, we still have my, my father's... Um, you know, speaking about taluses, I, I should make that the, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll make that the thumbnail for this video. Um, my father, he got his grandfather's talus, okay? And he showed it to me as a kid. He's like, this was my grandfather's talus. And it was this huge thing, like falling apart and stuff. I mean, this thing has to be like 100 years old. So we still have... My grandfather's, uh, my great grandfather's talus that my father treasured that he he saved. Um, so I actually, when I was in Baltimore the last time, I put on this ancient talus. I got to get it fixed or something. Um, and I took a picture of me, or my mother took a picture of me with this uh, talus, this ancient talus. It's over a hundred. It's probably a hundred years old or so. So I'll I'll put that as the uh, I'll put that as the uh, thumbnail. I, hopefully I got that picture somewhere. Oh, my God. I got to do that. All right, everybody. Pound that like button. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Check out the link below. Pound that like button. Uh, I'll say hi to you guys in the chat. Bye-bye.